camera. Action, folks. <laughs> Murray throws. Touchdown, Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins. Quarterback draw, Murray, can he get there? Welcome to episode 151 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown on yet another Misery Monday because Arizona Cardinals continue to lose, we're continuing to lose the will to live and yet here we are doing a podcast, as always, I'm Tom and John back Callum for yeah, yet another defeat podcast. How exciting. Yeah, it's the, the misery cast is back. The Cardinals are three and six. Um, after just a really uh, dejecting loss to the Seahawks, really. I mean, yeah, being swept by the Seahawks is bad enough, but now seeing them, what, six and three, is it, and like top of the NFC West, it just makes you sick. Would you I'm know? Die. Yeah, it's like at the start of uh, the season, who would have called it? Do you remember when we were all making fun of them for signing Geno Smith? And like, frankly, I still think it deserves to be made fun of. But um, yeah, I don't know. This this uh, Cardinals crop, I don't know what to make of it. They, they're too good to be three and six. And yet here we are. Yeah, I mean, it just makes no sense, does it? Like, what what's going on? Like. Obviously, every passing week, every extra loss just adds fuel to the fire, doesn't it? If everyone's saying, let's clear house, let's clear house, let's get rid of everyone. It's like, that's not how it works. Yeah, but I think, um, you know, you're saying it adds fuel to the fire. I think it, it, you know, with every passing week like this, it adds to the possibility of it happening. Um, You know, again, I don't think it would be a good move if it happened, but I think... um, we're starting to enter the territory where it's becoming something more of an option. Whereas before I would say never, no way, not at all. Now I'm starting to think it might happen. I mean, I don't think it will happen during the middle of the season, um, but I could see it happening at the end of the season if uh, if this pattern continues. Well, I mean, it's happened to Matt Rule and just before we came on air, it's also happened to Frank Reich in Indianapolis. They've also cleared, like, got rid of him. Yeah, I mean, Matt Rule was a whole different story as well. He's he's really failed to deliver for three years. And I didn't know about Indianapolis, obviously, just until until pretty much right now. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think, you know, when you compare this season to last, you can't say that it's been a pattern of failure. No, but, I mean, somebody, something's got to happen, hasn't it? Like, oh, something's I mean, just, just to basically, like, not just to, maybe, like, I don't know, just, like, calm the fan base, I suppose. You need to do some sort of token gesture, don't you? Yeah, something's got to snap one way or another. And, you know, the, basically either um, Michael Bedwell's got to come out and say, Yep, we're clearing house. Cliffs going, uh, you know, front of house or going whatever, whatever it takes. Um, or he's going to come out and say, "I stand by Cliff and or Kime, and uh, I believe that this experiment is going to work." But um, you know, it, it, I, I do think we're we're nearing the stage when one of those two things is going to happen. Probably not during the season, but at the end of the season. Um, if things get worse, who knows? Uh, but you know, I I still live in the in the belief, at least. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just delusional, but I still live in the belief that 
you know, right now this team is too good to be three and six. They're finding ways to lose. And and as such, you know, they could find ways to win as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not quite that they're shooting themselves in the foot, are they? Because, you know, they're shooting themselves in the ankle, they've moved up to the knee, they're taking out half the leg. You know, they're yeah. probably moving on to the upper body at this part. You know, just literally everything that could go wrong just seems to go wrong for them. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've, we've talked before about uh, a lot of it being injuries uh, and things like that. But, yeah, I think um, you're right. I mean, it's... Is a lot of uh, sort of self uh, self inflicted stuff really at this point? Um, yeah, uh, what what more can you do? But you know, at this point, we're going to need to see something, not necessarily to quiet the fan base, but to just show some sort of progress or to show that it's being worked on at all. Yeah, and it's not like it's not just the opponents beating the Cardinals, is it? It's the Cardinals beating the Cardinals as well. Like well, you absolutely, say. yeah. Um, and I don't think this home loss will have helped again to. You know, continue to have a one of the lowest home attendances in the NFL and things like that, which you know, like it, it also contributes to the Cardinals beating the Cardinals, right? When when you allow your home field advantage to be overtaken by the fact that the Seahawks fans are louder in Arizona than the Arizona fans are, um, then you know, what, what are you what are you doing with it? Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about in the game, but I suppose like. I mean, we've spoken for quite a bit before we've even actually got onto the start of the episode, which is, I suppose it's just, we'll just waffle on, won't we? Because that's what we do on this podcast. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, we uh, do usually kick off with the news, and I don't think we do have any news, do we? Besides the fact that the NFL trade deadline passed with the Cardinals not adding anyone, despite, you know, Cardinals Twitter being in up in arms, being like, you know, trade for this guy, trade for this guy, trade for this guy, trade for this guy with like a seventh round pick in like 24 or something yeah, like that. Absolutely. And and uh, none of the trading aways uh, were were um, picked up on either. Um, did you see the thingy though, bringing that part up? I'm glad you did because it saves me from doing it. But Ian Rappaport reported on Saturday or Sunday that teams actually inquired to the Cardinals whether or not DeAndre Hopkins was available. Yeah, I remember seeing this. Um, definitely, you know, would have been a bit of a, a cry of surrender, I think, to get rid of Hopkins, like, given that he has been so insanely productive in like the first two or three weeks. Um, but I do wonder what would have been offered in exchange. I mean, it would have to be quite a substantial offer to get rid of him because, you know, not only is he like the best NFL receiver in the whole game, like, I don't care what you say about yeah. Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams or anyone like that. It's still DeAndre Hopkins, whatever. But like he's under contract for three years and he's pretty cheap for those years as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, why would the Cardinals want to get rid of him when they haven't had the chance to see both him and Hollywood Brown on the field of Kyle Murray at the same time? You know, that's yeah. basically what we want to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it would have been daft to to throw him away, but I'd I'd just be interested to see, you know, if you're a if you're a, a fellow NFL team, what do you come to the Cardinals and say, We will give you this for DeAndre Hopkins? Um I suppose at that point they, they just make, you know, inquiries of like, is there a deal to be made there? But, you know, I'd imagine it would have to be um, you know, really, really high draft picks. Uh, for a couple years at least, and are some really good players. But I mean, I reckon it would have to be at least a two, possibly like a day three pick as well. But not uh, like 
not if they're like the LA Rams and they're like dealing like first round picks in 2024 and yeah. 2025. It's like no, no, no. they have to no, be 2023. Yeah, I think I think there's been too many big time recent mistakes have been made dealing away first round picks. It'll be a while before we see that again. Um, but yeah, a couple second round picks maybe, uh, or a second and a third rather. Yeah, I could see that happening along with you know reasonable compensation depending on uh performance or something as well but fortunately that wasn't the case and deandre hopkins remained on the team as we hosted the seattle seahawks for the second time in what three or four weeks yeah real quick turnaround for us on our our seahawks calendar after a a pretty ridiculous loss up in seattle um both you and i tom were were confident that we could have come away with a win out of it um, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be with the Seahawks getting away uh, with a 31-21 to win, improving to 6-3. and three. Meanwhile, the Cardinals dropped to 3-6. and six. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those games again where, you know, literally if some little things went the Cardinals' way instead of not going their way, completely yeah. different story. Absolutely. And, you know, I do think that there are positives to be spoken about from this game, you know, with the, the defense um for most of the game let's say put up a really really good showing um i think it's largely to them that the game managed to stay as close as it did for as long as it did because um it was a one score game for all but you know 10 minutes 5 10 minutes of the game clock yeah i'd say like really at the end of the fourth quarter was where the scoreline started to flatter seattle but you know I don't think they were that much better than us, despite, you know, putting up all the yards, putting up all the, like, having more passing yards, more rushing yards, you know, all that sort of stuff. It, well, yeah, I just they don't had... know. The Cardinals beat the Cardinals, like you say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, um, obviously a couple really, really bad uh, snaps and fumbles and things like that, which I'm sure we'll get through kind of as they come up. But, um, you know, I, I do think an awful lot of this could be attributed to on the on the offensive side of the ball at least you know poor defense uh, poor offensive line play uh, and oh, yeah, or, yeah. Or the fact as well that seattle have a pretty stacked d line as well you know it's it's a tough game to be going into with an injured o-line yeah i mean obviously we don't rate pro football focus grades much around these parts but did you see what the graded billy price at for this per game i can't imagine it's particularly good i mean uh, he's he's in uh subbing for one of the you know better centers in the league and he had some pretty horrible missteps and miss snaps so it must be right on the low end well i mean like isn't it like 60s like a passing sort of grade isn't it yeah yeah exactly i have a guess what did they give him i can't imagine it's a passing grade. i mean it has to be like 40 something like that Oh, it was lower than that. Oh, go on then. What did they give him? I think it was 27.8. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you don't well, even need to see their grades, do you? You just have to see, like, the eye test. You know, like you said, so many yeah. snaps went, like, Kyle had to be, like, 20 foot tall to maybe catch them. Yeah. You know, it was just I mean, the, awful yeah, there, blocking and everything. It's just awful game yeah. from him. I do think, you know, like there's the eye test and there's the ear test, right? If you're a center and your name gets mentioned during the game, um, it better be for a very rare, extremely good pancake block because otherwise it means you've done something wrong. Yeah, I mean, even focused on him on the sidelines. So, yeah, 
definitely wasn't his finest hour. No, I can't. Um, yeah, j- just a, a tough all-round game. And obviously, I think when you've got problems on the offensive line and the snap cadence and everything like that, there's a lot of stuff follows from that. Um, but that be said, you know, a fair few um, passes that should have been caught, a fair few stupid penalties um, as well. And yeah, obviously a few fumbles, uh, which were, uh, you know, pretty devastating, really. And I mean, to be fair, I don't think we should like tar all of the offensive line with the same brush because Dion, not because DJ Humphreys returned to this one and he posted a 74.3 grade from Pro Football Focus. I mean, DJ Humphreys is, is the man in this regard, you know, like I think coming back from. Um, because it was was his knee he injured, right? I think it was his back. It was, was it his back. Well, anyway, he's been out for a good three weeks or so. Um, and yeah, coming back and 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 you know playing to an extent that that uh shows up everyone else on the offensive line is is both great in regards to him and uh, should be a wake-up call for the rest of the O-line, really. Yeah, and also we saw Lasita Smith for an extended period of time after Will Hernandez went out, I think, after the first drive. The, I think he's had a chest injury, but they fear it could be like his pectoral, which, you know, is yeah, never think, a good sign. Yeah, these things are really hard to diagnose, but yeah, in a position like offensive line, when you are bringing your hands up sharply and you're making a lot of push, it's like, it's essentially... Um, bench press or clean and jerk which is you know comes through the pectorals like in the explosive point of the movement so uh any injury in that regard is going to keep him out for for a good long while yeah i mean it wasn't a great debut for smith but you know he did better than billy price but like we say that's not setting the bar pretty high was it? yeah exactly and you know i think in a game like that when it's so turbulent it's hard to play at your best which is also what makes DJ Humphrey's return uh, all the better. I mean, I suppose we should have some positivity from the first quarter, at least. The fact that we ended the streak of not scoring an offensive touchdown in the first quarter of any game for like, is it 13 games in a row or something like that? It's such a long time. um, Because that's the thing, it became really apparent, obviously, at the start of this season. So that's that's nine games or eight games there. Um, but yeah, when you start to look back at when that when that you know duck uh, extends to, it's it's not far off a calendar year. I think it was in in late November last year that we last scored uh, an offensive touchdown in the first uh, first quarter. But yeah, um, obviously it was a, a really sort of decent charge by the by the offense after a good stop um, by the by the defense holding Seattle to only. Uh, a field goal, um, yeah, uh, followed up by a really, really good DeAndre Hopkins touchdown. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was one of those drives orchestrated by Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things, you know, like where he breaks out from a sack <laughs> when it looks like he's dead and buried in the backfield and then manages to pick up quite a bit of yardage on the ground just running because no one can catch yeah, him. I mean, I- I think it was like a 20-yard run out into space, which, you know, we saw Geno Smith do one of those much later in the game, which was kind of our undoing. But, um, yeah, having the uh, having Tyler out running like that, you know, it was, it was good to see, and it definitely gave the offense a bit of a spark. And, yeah, I, I think that the really exciting thing about this touchdown was that it just looked like 
Do you remember last year uh, at this point when we were watching, you know, the the seven and the eight and Cardinals? They were making plays like this because it and it looked like they were doing it all the time because they were. I mean, we don't have to go back and like reminisce, do we? Because you know it's painful thinking back, like how <laughs> how well we started last season and like how this season has started. It's just I don't know, like what's happened, what's different. There's not much different, is there? Besides the results, yeah, I think you know it's it's the only thing I could think is that they've really really cl- uh, cracked the the playbook. They've cracked how to deal with Kyler and and um, everything like that. But yeah, it, it, it's it's an odd one. It's a really really odd one. Yeah. But anyway, back to back to this game. Um, finish out the quarter. Did, did the Seahawks score their? Uh, no, so it was finished out the quarter seven three, reasonable lead for the Cardinals. Yeah, um, the thing is, though, with the like this first quarter, how that started, you know, like we scored the touchdown. Defense immediately gets a free and out on there, like forces Seattle on a free and out. We get the ball straight back again, you know, like you have a bit of a m- momentum going, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that's a that's a good time to be having the football, right? Until you get Billy Price fucking up for the first time in this game. Yeah, yeah, just straight up, and that would that was the bad snap, wasn't it? Which one? The, yeah, which one? The the really high bad snap that James Conner had to recover like twenty yards back. Yeah, yeah, I think it was one where like if Kyle was like twenty foot tall, he still wouldn't have been able to bring it in. Yeah, I mean, there's high snaps and there's that high snap, right? Yeah, just ridiculous. Like, I mean, obviously things happen in game, and you know, like mistakes are made. You know, he's feeling a bit of pressure. He's like wanting to just get the ball off and then start his block. But like, I mean, it happened once, and you know, fair enough. But it happened multiple times in the game, and it's happened multiple times while he's been at in center. Yeah, it, it needs fixed, and you know, I think there's no excuses for that in the NFL, right? Like, how often when you're watching? I mean, obviously, red zone isn't going to cover it particularly, but how often when you're watching sort of football highlights or you're watching other games around the league that you see that? Of course, you see it sometimes, but you're not seeing it multiple times a game, right? But again, like you say, that's a small sample size, isn't it? Because when you watch the Cardinals game, you're watching every single snap of that game, aren't you? When you're watching oh, no, like you're, Red Zone, it's like just uh, yeah. like the highlights sort of bit. It's basically the highlights. But that's the thing, though, is like I do still occasionally watch, you know, full other games from other teams. Sometimes I'll pick up something that's not, you know, like one of the exciting games that's not on Red Zone and just watch that um, or watch, you know, Sunday Night Football or something um, and just watch the full game. But yeah, it, it's not, I, I would say confidently that it's not common to get multiple um, really bad snaps like that. I mean, obviously you get mistimed snaps, offbeat snaps, uh, ones that are difficult to kind of bobble around or whatever, but um, to see, you know, so many uh, like visibly horrible snaps in in one game um, is very self defeating. Yeah, I mean, like the offense was struggling at that point, but then the defense, you know, they were just playing like they do. Uh, but again, it was a case with them for a case of missed opportunities because one play could have been Byron Murphy picking off a pass that was aimed for DK Metcalf, but then the very next play, Seattle score a touchdown. Yeah, so like. Make that play, they don't score that touchdown. Absolutely, yeah. But you know, I I find it hard to um to hold the defense to too much account in this because I think they did overall do like a really really good job. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's those little silly ones letting them get away with it. Penalty here, penalty there. Um, you know, quite a quite a lot of uh, letting Noah Fant catch a ball with an obscene amount of space around him. You know. Yeah, that naked bootleg that they kept talking about, you know, it just seemed to work every single time they called it. And it wasn't for, like, short games. It was, like, 10, 20, yeah. maybe 40 yards one of them went for, didn't it? Yeah, and I, I think um, the, if I was going to choose, you know, a single element to criticize the defense on in that regard, it would be open field tackling because this... Uh, I think that this is one of the chief things that keeps letting tight ends run all over us, uh, not just this season, but for a couple of seasons now. Um, and that is that we've got generally smaller guys in the backfield. We've not got any tall guys. Um, and their tackling is so extremely poor on these big guys that it allows them to you know, get five plus yards after contact sometimes which just shouldn't be the case. You know, if you're making contact, you should be wrapping up the legs and bringing somebody down. I mean, we've got uh, we've Stephen Collins, we've got Isaiah Simmons, you know, they're the sort of guys who, you know, you're hoping they're the ones who are going to be able to nullify a, t- like a tight end, aren't they? And for the most part, yeah. I suppose they do. But I, I think, think Vance actually said with, you know, like the Noah Fant one that went for like 40 odd yards really late in the game. Yeah, they were selling out. Yeah, they were selling out for the run there, and obviously yeah. the Seahawks knew that, and then they just changed the play. But I think you know that's that's something you can easily do when, like the Cardinals, you know the Cardinals called blitz on like an obscene amount of the plays. It was, we're running sometimes like fifty percent blitzes and fifty percent, uh, well, let's call it high mana anyway. Um, so you know it, it becomes really easy to spot when they're doing it, um, and to make you know. an easy gamble like that of just thinking like well either they're faking it and in that if that's the case we can just you know uh just accept it accept like a loss of a down or they're not faking it at which point it will go off for like 20 or 20 30 yards because nobody can tackle us in the open field I mean, you say about the tackling, but I mean, Buda Baker is arguably like the best tackler we've got in that defense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 11 total tackles that Was game? It? I mean, he, he just needs to be everywhere. I mean, he missed maybe one or two, you know, like just trying to get to the guy. But, you know, when he plays as he does, you know, you can forgive him like maybe one or two a game because, you know, the rest of them, he just got to like, make sure the guy feels that he's there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's like Buda Baker um, continues to put in uh, performances that are like very Pro Bowl worthy, you know, um, very uh, top elite tier uh, safety. And what's his name as well? Jalen Thompson. You know, he definitely deserves some credit because, you know, he just continues to outplay like literally everyone's expectations of him. Yeah. Jalen Thompson, uh, Isaiah Simmons, obviously with, uh, with some extra kudos for him, um, with a with a sack as well. Yeah, and obviously we got Zayvon Collins who made a huge play in the second game, second half of the game. Yeah, I mean that was um, that's a real momentum shifter, wasn't it? Because I think at that point, at that point we were down. Were we down seventeen seven or were we down? Yeah, we were down uh, ten to seven at that point, and then yeah, just they he chucked us straight back in the game from something that was starting to look like it was getting away with us, you know, getting great 
interception, obviously taking it for six as well. Yeah, but I mean, before we get to that part, you know, we had like the end of the first half where, you know, we could have gone in, you know, at least a level because it was 10-7 at that point to Seattle. And Calamari had one of his rare mishaps when it comes to running with the ball, should we say? Yeah, um, they were saying on the commentary it got punched out um, which um, you know, I, I didn't see the the specific replays of that one, but you know, yeah, it was definitely punched out. Definitely. Well, I guess it's easy to be punched out when you run with the ball like that. We've discussed why he runs with the ball like that before, um, but yeah, real real shame to see it, and uh, you know, it, it feels like one where he could have gone down a bit earlier. You know, he was very clearly into new down territory at that point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he could have slid there. But, I mean, it was a like it was coming to the end of the quarter and yeah. we had one timeout left, you know. Do you know what? We, we like, like burnt that timeout and then, you know, maybe yeah. had another chance to run a play before bringing out Matt Prater. But, you know, well, I you think see what well. Calamari was trying to do with it. It's just... Yeah, yeah. And I think if, if he had uh, gotten away with it, I would have been sitting here saying... You know, oh wow, what a, what a galaxy move play, a galaxy brain play. And if he'd uh, come up short, I think I would have been sitting and saying, oh, he could have just run another five yards. You know, it's all it's all hindsight at that point, really, isn't it? I mean, it's the thing with Kyle Murray, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, personally, I find it hard to criticize him because you know of all the good things that he's able to do for us. You know, and obviously yeah, the way he I plays th- the game, there are going to be bad things every now and then, aren't there? But, you know, you just have to roll with the punches, like you say. Yeah, you you got to take the good with the bad and with a player like that. You know, you got to accept that, like, for someone who is, uh, you know, so unique in the way that they play, like, you're going to get a lot of a lot of good stuff with that. And then occasionally it is going to go wrong. But, you know, it goes wrong with every style of quarterback play at some point or other, right? Yeah, I mean, they all get found out eventually, don't they? I mean, look at Aaron exactly. Rodgers this year. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, then he's like, or, you know, to some extent, you could even look at Tom Brady and, you know, uh, admittedly, that's probably his receivers more than anything else. But, um, you know, very traditional quarterback play sometimes just doesn't work either. But yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think ultimately I'm glad that we have a quarterback who's willing to make a run and take a risk like that and who can do it. Um but yeah, it's, it's frustrating in the moment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know that could have like tied the game ten all at least, and you know, going into the break level, you know, who knows what will happen in the second half? But like you say, everything changes in the second half of the Cardinals. Yeah, it really does. And you know, I do, I do wonder, you know, in the in the alternative world where they uh, they get away with that move at the start of the. Or at the end of the second, or at the end of the first half, sorry, um, you know, and make it just work. Do they, uh, do they come out all cylinders firing and you know make a, a good go of it in the second half? By comparison, who knows? Um, but I, I'm always one for a bit of belief of if you can get a late score to go ahead or to tie it up in in pretty much any sport going into the half, you, you come out with a totally different energy. Especially when, you know, the Cardinals defer the opening kickoff, so they end up getting back-to-back possessions at the exactly, end of the first yeah. and the start of the second. But unfortunately, this time around, they did nothing with either because yeah, the second really... half started with a three and out. Yeah. Typical I, I, Cardinals. I think we've seen that a couple times this season, and I do wonder if the, you know... Uh, 
how, how much that strategy is paying off at the moment, given how often we're coming out with that three and out. Yeah, I mean, obviously you think, you know, what are they going to do at half time? You know, like all these adjustments, like often they work charmed, don't they? But sometimes they just don't, and that was the case this time. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like uh, any adjustments that were made it eventually just came out for the worst because um, any kind of momentum and magic that the offense seemed to be showing in the first half had kind of evaporated. Um, the defense continued a good showing for a while, but by the fourth quarter, they all looked completely uh, completely gassed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we had the Zaven Collins pick six to take a 14-10 lead, so we need to highlight that because, of course, one big play like that is often enough to win, especially in the loss, at least, is enough to win the British Birdgang Breakdown Player of the Game Award. And that is what yeah. Zayvon Collins did this past week. Yeah, very, very fair. You know, I think um, definitely a big highlight play, and um, great to see a, a guy who definitely you know deserves a, a touchdown manage to pick one up. And frankly, I think the whole defense deserved a touchdown based on how they'd been playing up to that point. Yeah, I mean, there were times where you know they just looked really, really good. You know, like they were getting to Geno Smith. I think there was one point where I think there was four or five like sharing a sack it seemed like yeah i think it was officially credited with half and half to zach allen and marcus golden with isaiah simmons getting one full sack and yeah i you know i I looked at the stats after the game and i was like wow it felt like we sacked him more than twice you know because i think there was a few that were like officially not sacks but that we we definitely got to uh to geno smith I mean, it was probably those almost sacks, weren't they? You know, like the Cardinals are good at forgetting. Yeah, exactly. Um, still really disrupt the play and do a good <coughs> job with all of that. But um, yeah, not not quite a recorded sack, I guess. Yeah, and then obviously the next play, well, next cut, Seahawks drive. They managed to put that behind them and orchestrate another scoring drive. But again, Cardinals could probably should have intercepted that ball one play before the touchdown pass and then you know they don't score a touchdown do they i think this is the really hard thing about the defense in this game is that you know most of the time they're playing really really well and i think you know to to some extent as much as it pains me to say this um i think that this is the mark of a of a good seahawks team uh as well because you know they're coming up against the defense who's playing really well and then they're able to exploit just small uh, mistakes to the max. Because that's the thing, is like the defense isn't making a mistake. They're just not making the absolute maximum play in that regard. You know, they're not they're not making uh the pick or the um you know batted pass that one time and then all of a sudden the the Seahawks are able to capitalize on that. Yeah. And I mean obviously on the touchdown play probably should not have been a touchdown because of the push off on Buda Baker yeah, by Tyler yeah. I think there's a few sort of calls here and there uh, in this game that were, were not great, but this is probably the the worst of them all, I think. Um just yeah, missed offensive pass interference really shouldn't have been one, but yeah, you know, Tyler Lockett comes down with it. But I think the thing that's important to remember here is that it is still it's a three point game at that point. 
um, it's still an eminently, you know, winnable game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was them retaking the lead after we had taken it. But after that, it was like, you know, the Seahawks. I think from, yeah, you know, from that point on, it was open season, right? It, it yeah, just... they, scored, they were able to score another touchdown to make it 24-14 with about seven minutes to play. You know, I'm, I'm amazed actually thinking back that the Cardinals managed another touchdown in this quarter because... Um, it just didn't feel like it. It felt like an all Seahawks quarter, really. Yeah, I mean, the touchdown you're talking about was the one to Zach Ertz, but literally maybe a couple of plays before that, possibly it should have been to DeAndre Hopkins. Was it not for a certain number 81? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Robbie Anderson, literally, what has he done since we traded for him, except, you know, Get everything he shouldn't be doing? Yeah, I'd finish him with uh, one reception for negative four yards this week. After three targets as well, by the way. I mean, he also had like a couple of penalties on him, you know, like the full start there, which nullified the touchdown. Yeah. Just, and really, I mean, it's a, not a ideal. False, yeah, a false start as a wide receiver as well, just it shouldn't be happening, really. Yeah, I mean, it happens, doesn't it? But, you know, it's one of those games where I think the Cardinals finished with 12 penalties, or was it more than that? Because I remember the last thing I saw was 12. Probably was um, more, knowing like it was one of those games. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing a penalty stat in front of me, but it was a it was a penalty heavy game for sure. Um, and like many penalty heavy penalty heavy games, it definitely felt like um, most of them came at key moments. You know. Yeah, and then the Seahawks were able to wrap up their victory with another touchdown to take the thirty-one twenty-one lead. That obviously never we were never able to overturn because with the Cardinals and the three and six. How fun. Yeah, it's just, it's very, very strange to me because in some situations we seem really able to execute these like three minute drills, right? So, the, or two minute drills, you know, the the touchdown, the last touchdown that we got, um, that we got there to, uh, to Zach Ertz, like really nice march down the field. Let's ignore the Robbie Anderson penalty for now, but good, solid together play. We go down, we score. We managed to give up another score to the Seahawks, but we get the ball back and we've got the chance to make it up and we just seem to just go absolutely nowhere with it. You know, we get the ball and we go three and out. And it's like, what happened to the Cardinals of a few, um, you know, a, a few drives before? Yeah, I mean, they're just not consistent, are they, in that sort yeah. of way? No, they're not. Um, and, I, you know... And I, you know, like you were saying, how things don't count or something along those lines. I know you said it, but you know, last week when we played, well, when we played the Saints, it was a case of people saying if the Cardinals didn't have those two defensive touchdowns, then you know the Saints would have won. There's yeah. another case in this one. I saw a few people saying, you know, had the Cardinals had that, not had that pick six, then you know they'd have lost by even more. And it's like, well, yeah. But, but they, 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 they got it. Yeah. It's like, should we just like stop counting these defensive touchdowns because <laughs> they don't count? Yeah, I think I guess the point they're trying to make is like you should be able to rely on offensive scores, but you can't rely on defensive scores because a defensive score is relying on your opponent making a mistake. Um, but you know, I th- I think yeah, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because it contributes to the final score as is. But, exactly, yeah, points I, are points, aren't they? We can't be yeah. picky. That being said, I do think that 
our offense as it is should be able to score more than 14 points in a game. I know it's against the Seahawks who are playing well at the moment, but we should be able to score more than 14 points on them uh, as an offense, at least. Um, it's great that we were as a team able to, you know, keep it so close so long, but yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, as, as we say a lot with these games, this is a scoreline that does in the end. Well, actually, no, I was going to say it, it flatters the Seahawks, but I don't think it does. I think this is a good, accurate um, outcome to how the game itself felt. But it's important to remember that the Cardinals did have this within winning um, distance right up until the last five minutes. Yeah, and obviously if Kenneth Walker touchdowns didn't count, then we'd have won this game, but that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but there we go. Um, this is a game that I'm I'm very excited to put to bed and not think about anymore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Let's just file it away with all the other disasters that we've had against the Seattle Seahawks that we never wish to speak of again. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm for one. I'm glad that we are very unlikely to see them again until next year. And hopefully, by then, we've been able to sort out whatever issues we have, and you know, we, yeah, we can actually start to beat them again because I enjoy beating the Seahawks. Yeah, I enjoy the being Seahawks by them. Is, yeah, beating the Seahawks is great fun. Um, actually, I was gonna, I was thinking about that the other day. I forgot to mention it. How long has it been since the Seahawks swept us? Because for a good number of years. Um, even when they were, you know, significantly better than us, we were uh, sort of splitting the series for the most part. I mean, that's a good question. Let's have a quick gander at the internet because uh, let's see. So, twenty eighteen. I never know. Was the last time? Okay, it feels like longer ago than that. I gotta say, but twenty eighteen was that our Rosen year? Twenty eighteen was. Let's see who we had at quarterback. I mean, we had Zay Gonzalez, and yes, it was Josh Rosen. Well, there you go. So, you know, uh, I, I, there was a lot of teams swept us in the Josh Rosen year. Yeah, and then obviously you could go back to like 2014, they swept us then. Uh, yeah. 2010 as well, you know, 2005. <laughs> so they're basically, they're, uh, they're uh, sweeping us about once every four years. But I mean, the series overall is like pretty close. It's 25, 22 and 1. So... Yeah, I I always remember that, you know, because it kind of stayed like that, obviously throughout the uh, you know, the 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 fact that we were splitting the series most most of the time. It'd be really nice to sweep them for once. I mean, we did manage it not too long. I mean, actually, now saying that, when was the last time? Uh, twenty no, two thousand and nine, I think. Ooh, that's that's rough. Two thousand and nine. I mean, you could count twenty sixteen when we won and tied. You know, that's not losing yeah, to them. Yeah, it's not losing to them, but yeah. It's not really a sweep, is it? It's more like a pan and brush sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a sort of mopping up. Um, but yeah, it would be nice. It'd be nice to get back on the sweeping Seattle train. Um, but I gotta say, unless the unless the Cardinals can um buck up their ideas a little bit, I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean they have one free against free straight against us now, so that's a streak that does need to stop before long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as I said, hopefully, uh, well, it depends if we somehow manage to get a wild card slot together, but I don't think that looks particularly promising right now. I mean, also not looking promising is fantasy football this week because I've had a shocker. Not quite yeah, so bad on. as the obviously in the Cardinals, but you know, it's still shocking <laughs> for me. Still, still a bad one. Go on then, what have you got? 
Yeah, so, I mean, you know, injuries, bye weeks, everything just seemed to mess me up this week. So I lost in the Dynasty League. I mean, obviously my opponent did have Justin Fields, so I'll use that as an excuse. <laughs> and then in the first gang bowl, I just didn't score enough, basically. And, yeah, and that was against a team that was, well, they are top of the league, so could have closed the gap on them, but now they'll be eight and one, I'll be six and three. Oh, that's that's within reach for you, though. Yeah, I mean, it's still not over because, you know, I've got yeah, people to come back from injury. I've got, you know. Yeah, you got you got playoffs in sight there, I guess. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not giving up on the Bergang ball just yet, but disappointing, yeah. really. Just not. After like having two really good weeks in that one, not to um, be. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm uh, looking at at least salvaging one when I have. I've actually had a really rubbish week as well with um, player availability because I've had uh, I've had an awful lot of um, uh, sort of various injuries and bye weeks and all that sort of stuff. And in fact, I left very few points on the bench because of it, and actually, I still had to field some. Uh, guys on bye weeks but it looks like i can pull a win out in the uh dynasty league i gotta wait uh for alvin kamara and kenyon drake to see if they can combine for seven points or more uh to see if i can win that one meanwhile in the uh bird gang bowl i've very definitively lost putting up only 70 points because yeah about half my team is on bye um that and that was just the way it went i i had to take my medicine this week and just accept that i was gonna um not have anyone but i am also dead last in that league so yeah it's not going good in fantasy for either of us is it really but yeah whatever it's only fantasy football it's not real yeah how's your uh real football predictions going because i got nine points this week to take me to 72 i'm on eight points this week with obviously monday night football still to play where i've gone for baltimore yeah, I'm taking Baltimore there as well. I think ta- any- taking the Saints would be a bold move. I could see them doing something, but it would be a bold move. Yeah. So, I mean, you might have beaten me. You probably you will have beaten me this week, but yeah. I still have a slight lead over you because I'm on 74 yeah. in total. Okay, 74. Yeah, I've clawed one back on you, so I'll take that. Um, we've still got plenty of weeks to go with that, but yeah. We've yeah. also got another Cardinals game to come this week, and... It's another divisional another game. Divisional well. game, yeah. Yeah, um, it's they also. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because I was going to say it's uh, you know, it's an away game, but in a way for us, given our current home record, um, an away game is almost a, a good thing to have, and in fact, it's our last away game for another three weeks after that. Well, I mean, technically speaking, yes, but also not because. So. Uh, well, the week oh, after, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Good Go to some country called Mexico. Yeah, the Cardinals going abroad, and you know, instead of coming to run the coming to London, they're going the wrong direction. But I guess we'll cover that a bit more next week, right? Yeah, we'll have to learn some Spanish, won't we? So call them the Los Cardinals or something like that. See, see, yeah, see. We should maybe do the whole episode in Spanish just for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to give that a shot. Just see how far we got. Can you imagine? I've got Google Translate next to me. I'm sure my Pixel <laughs> phone will be able to help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's next week's game. Uh, for this week, we're traveling instead to uh, the, the urban desert of LA to face the Rams. Yes, good old uh, Los Angeles, City of Angels and all that sort of crap. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, here's the big thing is that last regular season game we had in SoFi Stadium, we embarrassed the Rams. Yeah, I mean, we'd, ha- we'd happily take a repeat of that this year, wouldn't we? Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it's it's more apt to be, given given the form of the Cardinals, at least at the moment, um, it's more apt to be a repeat of our postseason visit to that same stadium where we got thoroughly embarrassed by the Rams. You had to bring that up, didn't you? Well, you know, I think uh, I think there's no getting away from it. You know, this is um, this is a team that had us over a barrel for a good long while there, with uh, sweeping us every season. We finally broke the duck, and then they knocked us out of our first postseason in in uh, six years or whatever it was. Um, but you forget uh, one thing, though. You forget one important point. What's that? That, that was the postseason. This is the regular season. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, I mean, it, it probably isn't much different, but I suppose it's less cameras and all that sort of stuff. Less hype. It's just a regular season game playing against and, the Cardinals. And, yeah, and also, I mean, the, the postseason <laughs> game that we had there, I don't think we were ever going to win that. We were so beaten up by that point. Um, you know, it was just a kind of honour to be there kind of thing. Um, I think we'd also lost quite a few on the trot by then. Well, yeah, it was the second half of the season, wasn't it? So Cliff Kingsbury obviously collapsed in the second half because that's what he does. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, man, I'd hate to see what a collapse in the second half of this season would look like. It's going to be a reverse. It has to be. Otherwise, you know, yeah. goodbye, everybody, because British Burger will have to disappear, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here we are coming up to see the Rams, who are arguably in in as bad a shape as us they've also only got three wins to their name at the moment um but they do have one divisional win whereas we have no divisional wins out of our three matchups so far and they've also only lost five times whereas we've lost six so yeah so technically they're doing better than us but they've had their bye week um they've also only scored 131 points throughout the season, whereas the Cardinals have scored 203. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird with the Rams this year, isn't it? You know, like, everyone hypes them up, you know, like, they're going to go do the back, like, they're going to win back-to-back Super Bowls, aren't they? And it's like, yeah, what's happening here? I mean, their, um, their pass block has been atrocious, for one thing. So I do think um, that's going to be a big thing for us beating them is, is, like, rushing at the pass, which is actually something that this Cardinals defense is built for. We are built to blitz. Um, but, and, but on the other side of the ball, we have Billy Price blocking yeah. Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a bit of a, a nightmare, really, isn't it? R.I.P. Kyler Murray. Yeah, and Billy Price as well. He's going to get run over. Um, I don't care about it, ball bastard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a thankless task, isn't it, really? Um, the one thing that we can hope for is that Kyler uses his legs um, and that we just kind of force force them to not rush the pass so much, I guess. Like, force them to expect the run. Yeah, I mean, there are ways to beat this Rams team because, like, we've seen the decrepit corpse of Tom Brady managed to do it on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, they're you know, they're on a two-loss streak just like us. In a lot of ways, being a Rams fan must feel a lot like being a Cardinals fan just now. You think, you know, God, we were so good last season and, and you know, what's happening to us? I mean, it'll be just like that. It, like everyone in the crowd will be like that Cardinals guy that they focused on. You know, the white yeah. guy with the white hair, head in his hands. The one that's uh, your new profile picture on Twitter. That's the one, yeah. 
Yeah, everyone should be doing that, you know. <laughs> it's um, I, I this is a bit of a toilet bowl in regards to at least this division at the moment, I guess. I suppose for the NFC in general, isn't it? But I mean, one win in this, and you know, you seem catapulting yourself back into possible wild card contention. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, one win here puts us equal with what the 49ers are just now. Um, depending on what they do next week, maybe we, you know, then leapfrog them. Uh, next week. Yeah, so I mean, it's still all to play for the, for the Cardinals. It's just have they got enough to actually do it? Yeah. Or not? I mean, I think, um, God, I feel like a broken record. I feel like I'm saying this all the time um, this season, but this, this is a game right here which has a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, I don't know. Like there's there's a big thought writing on it for me, which is like if the Cardinals can't win against this struggling Rams team, um, then who are they going to be able to pull out a win against? I suppose the Rams are thinking about it the same, aren't they? If like if we can't beat this sorry ass Cardinals team, who can we beat? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be one of those games where no one wants to win because I mean they want to win, but they don't want to lose either because it's like it'll be three and seven. We'd be three and seven. They'd be three and six. It's like, what's left for this season? And I mean, the Rams <laughs> yeah. have probably mortgaged everything, haven't they, for next year. So yeah, where do they go from here? We yeah, don't care about it, them, though. Sub the Rams. No, it's it's yet more uh, when do you want to win mentalities, isn't it? Do you want to, do you want to win once now or do you win, want to win uh, five times in the next 15 years? I mean, I'd rather happily just win now because yeah, you know, I'd, just... I'd like, I'd just like a, I'd just like a bloody postseason run again. You know, I just want to use the Cliff Kingsbury video again on Twitter. It's been too yeah. long. Oh man, yeah, getting a getting a couple wins this season that would be nice. I think again, like we we spoke before we started the recording about how this Cardinals team is too good to be putting up Josh Rosen numbers. Um, and right now, we're that's what we're on track for. I mean, one more win and we beat that season. But um, and I bloody well hope we've got one more win in us. But um, you know, it's not been a good season up to this point, and it, this is going to be a big test of uh, whether or not there's there's any hope at all, really. Because I think if we lose this one, that's that's it. You know, well, I mean, yeah, if we do lose this one and they go to three and seven, it's like, I mean, I'm always I've been supportive of Kingsbury for like since we've hired him, and like obviously going against the grain, everyone seemed gone. You know, get rid of him right now. Literally, he should be out of a job this afternoon, but he's not. Like, even I'll start thinking, you know, is he the guy? Yeah, like, well, I, th- I think I mean, it won't be like point. a small sort of like inkling. It won't be like a full yeah. blown like let's You're go. You're not going to be protest outside the stadium and all that. Yeah, but no I do hashtags think, you know, or anything like that. No, <laughs> I I do think you know at, at some point you got to start wondering like, well, what is what is the problem here? And you know, is it is getting rid of Kingsbury going to solve all the problems? No, it's not because it's not likely that he's going to be the problems. But it's it's an avenue to trying to fix them is bringing somebody else in with fresh ideas. Um, and, you know, if this Cardinals team with so much talent on the roster fails to deliver yet again, and, like, I'm not talking about failing to deliver a Super Bowl win here. I'm talking about being bottom of a division with, you know, a couple other sort of middling to trash tier teams who are themselves struggling with plenty of injuries and things like that you know like we should be higher up the nfc west table than this 
Geno Smith is top of the NFC West. Yeah, and I mean, like, like know, nobody wants to swap him for Kyle Murray, do they? Exactly, yeah. Actually um, saying that, I shouldn't have put that out there because Twitter probably would. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose that the, the tough thing with this one is going to be trying to put numbers on it. Um, have you got any, any numbers you want to start floating out there for a... A prediction. Yeah, I'm going to say we'll win 3 0. <laughs> um, well, the Cardinals have been scoring well, uh, but the Rams haven't been putting up many, um, I haven't been letting many scores against. Meanwhile, they've not been scoring well at all, and we've been letting in loads of points against us. So, uh, I could see, I could see it being like a low-scoring game. I mean, I don't think it will be three 0 That's that's my prediction for the football this weekend instead. <laughs> Fair enough. I think for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a, a game. I hope to God we win, and I hope we win it by something like twenty-eight to fourteen. I mean, realistically, I think the Rams are gonna beat us like forty-five-seven or something like that. I just, I have that feeling as well. I have the feeling that it's just gonna all go horribly wrong for them, despite but, despite how dreadful the Rams are. But I mean, I can't put that out there and say, yeah, the Rams gotta win. So I'm gonna say. Cardinals win 21-20. Shit house of win it like as time expires. I'll tell you what though, if we gotta come back next week and we gotta talk about a loss to these Rams, I think we should uh start putting together our CVs for our head coach position. I mean we do have one good thing as well coming up this week as well. And that is the debut of the Arizona Cardinals in season hard knocks. Because that starts oh, this yeah. week. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be that'll give us uh, something else to talk about as well. Something to, although it's, I gotta say, it's like every time we get focused on by one of these programs, like we're either doing dreadfully or we do really well and we get heartbroken. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's just they seem to pick the wrong season to have us part of them. I suppose when's the when's the last time it's been a right season? True, that's true. But yeah, I mean, we'll have to actually try and find it online somewhere because I don't think they show it in the UK. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be horribly difficult to find, but we'll find it. And when we do, we'll share it to everyone because you know, that's what we do. Break Charity. every law going. Don't care. Yeah, but yeah, I get. Just make it easy to find here, and then I'll pay for it. Like that's fine. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that'll do it for episode 151 of the British Bird Gang breakdown. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang and join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. Buy British Bird Gang merch at britishbirdgang.tmail.com. And of course, if you like what you listen to on the podcast, then leave us a review wherever it is you get your podcasts from. And also, of course, if you're not following us on Twitter yet, it's episode 151. Come on. I know exactly. And soon. Soon we will have the blue tick because I will pay Elon Musk for the privilege <laughs> to have a blue tick next to British Bird Gang's name. <laughs> Let's not start that. Let's end the episode. Yeah, I mean, I've still got to do it anyway, but, you know, it's coming out of my pocket. But whatever, yeah. So, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week where hopefully we're not as miserable, but probably will be because we're British. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.